Accountability is God's job. But it's not solely God's job. No, it's our job too. We will be the plan. We are never going to give up. When the truth is known to the entire world, we are going to have extreme accountability. Welcome to a special edition of the Stu Peters Show. Uh, we're in studio right now with a very special guest. Carolina Stancic is here. And you know, you're like millions of people. Millions of people who've been silenced. They have been persecuted. They have been shamed and shunned. They've been kicked off of social media. And this group of millions of people that I'm referring to are people who have been coerced or tricked into getting a shot that was called a safe and effective vaccine and then have had their lives completely destroyed. Yeah. So you're 23. I am. You uh, were an athlete. You played at high level softball, right? I think. Uh, basketball, soccer, softball, cross country and swim. Military. Military. What was your MOS in the military? What did you do for for our country. I enlisted with 35 Fox and I was removed from that because I couldn't have a Bluetooth heart monitor in the skiff, which is a disclosed location, and so they put me in logistics. And the reason that you had to have a heart monitor wasn't because you had some previous underlying condition. No, no. why? I over the course of the last uh, two and a half years I've had three heart attacks. Wait. You're 23 years old. Yes, 23. Two and a half years, you've had three heart attacks. Yes. So obviously, you have a family, you know, genetic. This is something in your history, right? That's what they all thought. That's what they asked me at the first heart attack. And is they, that true? I mean, no. Do you? I have eight siblings, and I'm the second to last, and no one's ever had a history. Parents, grandparents, healthy nope. people. Healthy. You come from a healthy and blessed family. Yep. So. Are you in the military now? I am. Because of that, obviously, opinions, thoughts, and experiences will be my own. I don't represent the U.S. Army or the Department of Defense. Yeah. You know, we've, we've had that disclaimer read on my nightly broadcast probably yeah. two dozen times now yeah. over the last two years. Right. Because you're not an anomaly. You're, you're, no. You're not alone. So... Why do you think it is that the press isn't talking about your story? Because they know the truth and they don't want us to cover, well, they want us to cover it up and the people at the top making all the money, they lose their license, they lose their money, they lose their status and power if we don't speak. Well, if we do speak, they will lose it. If we don't speak, they keep all that and greed, you know, runs we, the we've show. We've seen the atrocities, what, what's happened in our military. Mm -hmm. We used to be revered as the superpower. Right. Right. We have all the superior weaponry, all the best trained people. You signed up for the military. Why? Let me, let me hear your story. So actually, it's kind of crazy. When I was nine years old, I had understood for the first time what 9-11 was. And I wanted to go into counterterrorism. And then when I got older, I wanted to go also into anti-trafficking um, to protect innocent lives from being, you know, taken advantage of. And so I decided I was going to go to school, get some college into the play, and then when I joined the military, I could go into counterterrorism and what, what intelligence. What did you know that you were risking when you signed up? I mean, you stood there, you went through like a military entrance processing station, you had some doctor looking at all of your orifices, you, I mean, it's, you took a, a, a test, yeah. you, uh, you met with a recruiter. You established what your MOS, what your job was going to be. You chose a tech school that you were going to go to. You went to basic training. What did you know you were risking what, and, and why did you decide to do that? I didn't know I was really risking anything. I was told we're sending our lives away and it was always um, for giggles. It was a joke. You know, you're signing your life away. Sign on the dotted line. And that was it. But I joined the Army National Guard because I wanted to be able to finish out with like my army training, knowing that it would be the top of the top, and then also go into the civilian sector and go private sector Certainly to do you these works. Sign up saying, "Well, I'm just going to go do some, you know, arbitrary things." No, you knew that it was a very real possibility that your guard unit could be deployed and that you would give your life for this country. Yes, and, and I was willing and, to do that. And that was because this country represents individual liberty and freedom, founded under God, with a constitution, and 
autonomy of yeah. your own body. But the military has, you know, since this whole COVID-19 nonsense I've learned, which I didn't know before, the military has historically been a testing ground for new shots and, and chemical agents and things like that. Were you aware of any of that? I knew for the most part you go through this conveyor belt of shots, but at the same time, you have to go in 100% healthy. So why were they willing to risk hurting their own people? The people that are supposed to protect the sovereignty yes. of this country. And our military defense is completely weakened. The world looks at us and laughs. Particularly our adversaries. Correct. So we have a border that's completely open, being neglected by our military, whose sole function is to protect the sovereignty of our country and defend those borders. Yep. We have a military that's sneaking into Ukraine, some shithole country 5,000 miles away that yep. matters not to our national security and nobody's talking about it at our dinner table. If you don't want to join NATO, get out. And on top of all of that, I mean, ideologically, we're purging our military with critical race theory through General Milley, who just really wants to talk about all that. And transgenderism, we have a, a joke, a laughing stock. And then how did they coerce you into taking an injection, which further purged our military by incapacitating our soldiers? They told me if you get it now, you will recover. If you get it later, you're not insured to recover. And here I am two and a half years later, 23 years old, three heart attacks and a stroke. And what's your daily life stuff. like now? Uh, talking on shows like this, otherwise in bed typically, I'm in bed by 7 p.m. Um, I, if I can get up, take a shower, walk out the door, that's a good thing. You know, watch the sunset every morning or sunrise every morning. Um, other than that, I barely work. It's hard to stand up. I lose feeling in my legs, my limbs, you know, difficult. What is the the scuttlebutt, I guess, for lack of better words. What is the talk? What are the, the, the undergrumblings amongst the rank and file regarding this unlawful, overreaching, unconstitutional mandate? Um, a lot of it is this was unlawful. A lot of it's you signed your life up, so deal with it. And a lot of it's like, when is enough going to be enough to stop using people's lives as like a pawn on a chessboard? If you were to survey the people that you work with closely in the military, most of them got it? Yes. And I know countless people that tried to get discharged based off a of mental status because it was the quickest way out of this bureaucracy. Before they took the shot? After, well, yeah. So before they took the shot, so these were people, people were getting discharged because they didn't get the shot right. And so then they claimed mental health first and foremost because they wanted the easiest way out with the least amount of pain. I mean, this is unbelievable to hear, first-person right. account of people that are bailing on a commitment that really is lifelong. Yeah, but those people have stood up for the Constitution. So, you know, those people that b bailed at standing up for what they believe was right. No, and they bailed because yeah. they were being attacked yeah. by their own government. Yeah. They signed up to serve a country yeah. to protect the freedom to choose whether or yeah. not you want this thing, and and then it was mandated on them, and then they did an even more honorable service to the country by being a shining example of what real freedom looks like. Yep. And you get berated no matter what you do. So the military, are they... Okay, let, let's back up here for a second. The mandate's gone now. Mandate's gone and potentially coming back. Very shortly after Died Suddenly came out, that mandate ended. I think there was a lot of pressure there. Yes, sometime in January, I believe, of 2022 or 2023. Do you remember? Yeah, it was, I believe, two months, I think, after uh, the film came out. Okay. And uh, there were many people that cited the film as the reason why the pressure was being yeah. applied. Um, people around the world saw the film and it highlighted an accurate depiction of what's happening to people right. you know, who are coerced or mandated into taking the shot. But with the mandate being gone from the military, surely the military or the Department of Defense is now, or the Army individual branches, are now reinstating those that didn't take the shot and then they're providing them full back pay, for, right? They're trying to. We're fighting for it, but it's not guaranteed. They had a lot of wrongful discharges. They need to do that. I mean, They need to. Yeah. The 100% they need to and provide anyone that had a vaccine injury, like compensation for it. And they're not going to for the who with, knows with what how long. we know now, 
and, and this is, I mean, this is an uncomfortable conversation. Right. Uh, but from what we know now, it's very clear to everybody who's done any bit of research at all and won't deny what their eyes are showing yeah. them that this, this entire thing from the very beginning was a DOD operation. Correct. They used it against their own people. A weapon. Yep. A biotechnical weapon. Mm-hmm. Deployed it against our own military. Why would anyone in the military who is healthy need this vaccine? The vaccine was meant for those people who were weak in immune systems. I, That's what any normal vaccine is supposed to be. I don't believe that. We'll disagree there because I okay. believe that this is a weapon and that it was never a vaccine and that it was used to incapacitate people. Well, I believe that. So I can agree with that, right? But I like any, typi it, it any typical vaccine or shot that they give you, yes. right, like is supposed to protect the people who are weak or like more... Um, compromised mm -hmm. and obviously there's no reason why the military should have been given that so we're on the same page yep. this, this is a, a bio weapon it was a DOD operation it was deployed against our own military personnel mm -hmm. I mean what has to be going on inside of your head knowing that frustration you, you, I'm at a loss for words it drives you literally insane how can you look at your uh, superiors, I the don't. officers? With I any... request no contact. Yeah, because they tried to kill you. Yeah, and they're okay covering it. So, I mean, when you hear conversations about accountability for these people, what's the first thought that comes to your mind? Anyone at the top, I mean, they're first on the pecking list. I mean, you got Fauci. I don't know why he's back in the picture, but... He needs to disappear. The military is responsible for running psychological operations against its own people, mm -hmm. um, using the intelligence apparatus, you know, CIA, um, probably the FBI, using their counterparts in Britain, MI6, other various, you know, uh, agencies that are allowed to run psychological operations. This whole thing has been that, hasn't it? Yeah. So the DOD and the military have actively weaponized their assets, their, their weaponry, their power against 350 some odd million people that just want to live their lives. If you didn't stand against it, then you stood for it. That's what I believe. And they knew what they, was going on. They knew. You know, every single person at the top knew what was going on, but they were afraid of losing their job for the greater good. So you have your professional life as, you know, a soldier in the army. No. <laughs> but you did. Yes. <laughs> okay. And then you have your personal life. Right. We know how this has affected your professional life. Yeah. Tell us about what things look like at home. Family, friends, do they support you? Uh, family has not spoken to me in months on end. They have not visited me in the hospitals. Um, they've sat there and put my life at risk, uh, willingly and knowingly getting me sick, being exposed to illnesses that I knew were contagious, and then sitting there and saying, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way, while I'm in the hospital with another heart attack because I'm so at risk. Uh, my family, nowhere around. I've sent messages and I was like, the most that you could do as a person, being my mother, is be there for your kids and you have done not that, you have not been a good wife and you have not been a good friend. You are no example. Your mother abandoned you? Yes. What was your relationship like with her before all of this? We had a tough relationship and then right before I joined the military, uh, we had made men's and I thought it was good and I chose to forgive her and move on from the past and give her a second chance. That's really big. She had told me to come home um, after my two heart attacks and said, when you get off of active duty, our home is open for you. Went there and she requested that I leave. I believe it was to have space. Um, whatever reason she wants to have is to tell me how to be an adult. Well, your 22, 23 year old daughter is having heart attacks and strokes and the least you could do is house her so she doesn't have to stress about working. When you made the decision to join the military, was this something that was consistent with your siblings or were you? My grandfather was in World War II. 
And so I looked up to him, and so I decided, you know what, instead of talking about the change, be the change. So your mom would be obviously supportive of that decision. Yes. Find well, that honorable. What she told me, not what she told other people. Said I wasn't going to make it. Said she didn't believe that I was going to graduate. But you did make it. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to kill you, and they permanently changed your life. And I keep the fight going. I want to ask you about specific accountability right. measures. Do you think that it is overstating uh, real justice when we talk about having trials for the people who deployed this weapon against you and millions of others? And when they're convicted, that they face extreme accountability and that they're killed or hanged or shot? I believe that's the least we could do. I mean, crimes against humanity, people are literally dying and they know it. Blood is on their hands. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Why do you think it would be that when we talk about accountability like that, that the media or you know, the press or people with blue check marks on Twitter go insane and they say that that's just like heathenous. Why, why, why are people willing to tolerate the death that they're inevitably, undeniably seeing around them? Passive. Uh, do you think it's Moral injury, I believe. I mean, how do you even comprehend what has happened? I can't comprehend it. I don't know that you could even comprehend it no matter how many times you hear about it. I mean, we're talking about children. Yes, children, infants. Permanent DNA damage and changes. People unable to have babies. Men not able to be with their wives because their wife might not be able to ever carry a child. That's absolutely insanity. I mean, as you're describing it, you're, you're thinking about, yes, not only like prematurely losing a child, which I'm a father of three and I can't think of anything more horrific in my life. Um, but, but what about the, the damages in relationships? I mean, you described your mother. I mean, how many marriages have been destroyed by this? I know countless marriages. I mean, FBI is knocking on people's doors, like of wives and children and whatnot. They're showing up to people's jobs. I have people calling me and being like, hey, the military's discharging me. And I said, be careful what you say because what you do say will be held against you. Wait a minute, the, the FBI is showing up at the doors of service people? That and their families, yeah. For what? Speaking out, not getting the vaccine, being blacklisted. The FBI? FBI. For not getting the vaccine? There's countless It's a interviews. criminal offense? Yep. And then um, my former roommate also dealt with a bunch of le uh, legal repercussions because he didn't get the vaccine. He didn't get the second shot. Like what? Um, he was blacklisted, and then I believe, don't mark my words, I believe there was potential arrest. If not, there was arrest and was completely, like, not allowed to show up on bases. But you know from firsthand testimony to you that the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, our federal law enforcement yes. agency, the elite, have been showing up at the doors of service people and their families yes. strictly because they did not get... It may not be because they strictly did not get something, but obviously that person spoke out and now they have a reputation that they are apparently a domestic terrorist. And we know that those labels have been made by mainstream media. Yes, I mean, I, I am a domestic terrorist uh, because I'm a dissident to the, to the American government, the fake corporate murderous crime syndicate. So that's of course what I'm labeled, and a, a white nationalist and a Christian extremist and a you know, <laughs> anti-Semitic bigot, right? Of course, a homophobe. Yes, by the way, I am a homophobe for full disclosure here. <laughs> Not that I'm scared of them because I kick the shit out of any faggot, but I, uh, I, I want this away from my family. Uh, if we're going to be domestic terrorists for not getting an injection, how far is this going to go? Who knows? What do you envision? I mean, you have internal, first-hand experience in the military. You've seen the way that your superior officers. What's your prediction for America in a year, two years, five years, ten? Um, I don't really know. Obviously, we see mask mandates coming back. We got our lovely president 
talking about COVID shots and FDA approved, anything FDA approved should be questionable now. So if you fall into the trap, you're silly, you're dumb, like quite frank. The FDA should be labeled a terrorist organization and treated yes. accordingly. And so should the CDC and the WHO and all of these people. Completely okay. shut them down. Defund them. We're concerned about defunding police. They're not out here killing mass numbers under the wraps. Like the ADL, the CDC, and the, and the FDA, they should be labeled enemy combatants. They deployed mm -hmm. a weapon of biowarfare against our military. Yeah. You agree with that? Mm hmm there, there's the camera right there. You've, I agree. You've got, no, I mean, I, I know. I, believe me, I believe you. But we've got about a minute left here, okay. and I want you to take this time, anybody who's considering enlisting, anybody who has been discharged, any family anywhere out there that is facing what we're inevitably going to, which is the reintroduction of new shots labeled safe and effective vaccines, I just want to give you the floor to talk to them. I would say don't sign your life away just yet. Wait for things to pan out, wait for the next election. Obviously, can't trust the system. Um, at that point, I wouldn't recommend anyone to join the service, especially if you're female, uh, don't join the service. Um, you are going to face some hell. I've done it, I've been through it, I know, firsthand. You know, I heard somebody say the other day, and I don't know where it came from. I remember them saying, um, Enlisting in the military is the worst decision that I ever made in my entire life. And if I was ever faced with that ever again, it was a Marine. It was a guy, and I forget who it was. And that's, I'm sorry that that's escaping me, but that's, that's an awfully bold and big thing to I've say. Heard that. Worst mistake I ever made in my life, absolutely regret it a thousand percent. Don't ever do it. If I could change everything, I would. Don't enlist in the military, they will kill you. Yeah. Unbelievable. Thank you very much for being brave and for being here. Um, it's awesome to meet you in person. Yes, you too. You're doing a service to your country right now that is so far and above uh, the, the, the courageousness and the bravery than going to some shithole country and killing innocent people to enrich Pfizer bot sluts like Lindsey Graham. So <laughs> I, think, I think you're doing a tremendous service and you're saving lives. If, if only one, yeah. then thank you. That's my goal. Okay. Awesome. I don't believe in the process of elections. I believe it's all rigged. I believe that they're all stolen. And the more I talk about this with experts every day, the more I'm convinced that we're living in this movie. It's all fake. But let's just say that somehow, magically, overnight, we return to this constitutional republic, two-party representative government system where your vote counts and it's real. There's not a single candidate who's willing to throw their balls on the table and stand up to do the right thing. The institutions that we rely on, the government, the legal system, the media, all of them seem to be increasingly focused on their own agendas rather than serving the interests of the public. We need to recognize that we can't count on them to save us. So you have to save yourself. And part of saving yourself means protecting your future. That's why I partnered with Gold Co. Because I believe that they can help you get into gold and silver just like they did for me. Here's the facts. Gold Co. has helped protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people just like you and me. And right now they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver with qualified orders just for being a supporter of the Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect 50 grand or half a million or more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from their out-of-control, corrupt government. Don't be a victim. Call Gold Co. 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD or go to goldco.com slash stew. For the first time in a millennia, a famine of biblical proportion is hitting the earth, and it's by design. War has created scarcity. Fertilizer production has been wiped out. The price of fertilizer is up 128%. Food processing plants are exploding. Herds of cows are being massacred and buried. This is a very abnormal event. The Great Reset demons have created the crisis, but a generation of great resistors following King Jesus have the solution. Heavensharvest.com, get there right now. Prepare for the worst by trusting the best. Heavensharvest.com has a delicious plan to conquer starvation. It's real food, high quality, tastes great. 
He's actually really good. Trust Heaven's Harvest today. Order food for the year and a bucket of heirloom seeds. Affordable, available, ready for the fight ahead. Heavensharvest.com. If you're looking for the newest, best cutting edge products to help push your brain and body to the outer limits, then you should stop what you're doing and check out Newtopia, the most powerful bespoke nootropics on the market today. These nootropic stacks are taking the industry by storm. Why? Because they're safe and they're legal and they're highly effective. Even better, every formula is customized for you based on your strengths and your weaknesses and your goals. So you get exactly what you need. Taking the right formulas at the right times can help you focus intensely, block out distractions, reduce stress and anxiety, enhance your creativity, boost your memory, and a whole lot more. You'll be absolutely amazed by how quickly they work. Within 15 to 30 minutes, you should begin to feel and notice the mental effects. Oh, and here's the best part. These formulas come with a full one-year guarantee, so there is zero risk to you to try them for yourself. If you feel like you're not fully maximizing your potential, then you owe it to yourself to try Newtopia's formula. Simply go to newtopia.com slash Peters. Use promo code Stu Peters to get 10% off any order when you go to newtopia.com slash Peters. What if I told you there was a hostile alien species that controls your appetite, sleep and focus, invaders that urinate and defecate throughout your body whenever they are hungry? They will give you headaches, make you depressed and even angry if they don't get what they want. We call them parasites, and they are the root cause of many health issues that result in pain, suffering, and death. It is time to purge suddenly. It's you or them. Make your move now. I really wish I didn't have to bring you this disgusting news. But you know that holster company that I've been working with as a sponsor for the past four months, Vanish Holsters, they've just been banned. Yeah, even though they're legally allowed to purchase it, Amazon, Google, and Facebook just banned it for sale to more than 7.7 million Americans who live in a certain state. Now, the good news is they can't stop me or us from getting it in their hands, or in your hands, for that matter. Now, crazy enough, the reason that it was banned is because that holster, Vanish Holster, enhances the concealment of a weapon better than just about any other holster on the market. And even better, it works with 99% of all semi-auto handguns. It works without a tactical belt. It lets you carry in multiple positions. It carries two fully loaded magazines. Best of all, using my link, you get it for $40 off. So lock in your special pricing right now. Go to Vanish.com slash Stu. Again, that's VNSH.com slash Stu. Again, VNSH.com slash Stu. Welcome to a special in-studio edition of the Stu Peters Show. I'm here with Brittany Galvin, and this is actually, um, it, it's so good to meet you in person. I know because you this is, um, I've talked about you very recently on the program. For those of you that don't know Brittany, uh, you were the first ever vaccine-injured person that I can remember even speaking out. We found you on Instagram, um, of all places, and you're still allowed on Instagram. You yeah. must be very careful. It's a new account, times three. And, and this, is, this is because you were simply telling the world or warning others about what happened to you after you took a Moderna vaccine. Yeah. And on the Stu Peters show, we played audio of you contacting Moderna because that's what you're supposed to do, right? You're supposed to contact the people that have released the drug or the treatment that has caused an adverse event or a serious side effect or what we know now, intended consequence uh, of these shots. And how did they receive that? Um, well, first, nobody actually was there to tell me to contact them. The problem was that nobody was listening to me, and I thought I was dying, and I thought I was going to die alone. I'm going to start crying. Um, it's just so crazy. You gave me the first voice, so I just have to say before we start this, thank you. Because, see, I told you this, I was going to be a mess. Um, there was nobody that would hear my voice. I was screaming and I was paralyzed. I was falling over everywhere and I couldn't, my heart was like in extreme pain and I had nobody listening to me. So I just Googled Moderna's phone number and called them myself. And I recorded the entire thing because at this point I thought I was dying and I didn't know what to leave behind. I didn't know if anybody would fight for me while I was gone. And um, they admitted to me that there were a lot of people like me that they were getting a lot of phone calls and a lot of reports. And um, they are the ones who told me to report it to VAERS. They said that was the process. They told me that, um, they admitted to me that the, the inoculation was experimental still and that I chose to take the experiment. So I am in essence part of the experiment. Uh, all the clinical trials are still ongoing. 
the long-term protective efficacy of the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine is currently unknown. They're still monitoring them to see the long-term effects. So as far as clinical trials go, it's still all ongoing. Everyone who's getting it is in and participating in the clinical trial. Uh, pretty much. I mean, yeah. And um, that all I could do is report it, that I was, you know, not able to get any type of compensation or apply for any type of compensation or medical help or care or anything like that. They told you you were part of an experiment. They did, and, and I have it chose on record. To, and that you chose to, but the press won't say that out loud. No, and at the time they were calling, you know, me crazy and that I was, I mean, the things they said about me, that I was hired by the right and that I was opposed opposition. Well, let's, and, uh, yeah, but let's not forget that the, this shot came from the, the proverbial right, okay? Right that this was a, a product of Operation Warp Speed, at which point we had President Trump, who is still telling everybody to go and get their updated boosters. Uh, and that's it's kind of hard to wrap my head around. So how could they say that you're part of the right and that you're wrong when the left is now celebrating these shots, but they came from the right? I mean, what, what does this say to you? Nobody knows anything. They're just being puppets. It, that's what it says to me. They're just a bunch of puppets listening to what the person in front of them says and repeating it. I think we should get into that a little bit um, over the next hour, but I want to first familiarize everybody who's unfamiliar with you and your story. Okay. Why did you get the shot? I um, was forced to back up a minute. I am a young mother. I'm 38 years old now. But my first son is 17 now. He's about to be 17 in a couple weeks. And um, I was previously married, and my ex-husband wasn't very supportive. Uh, I worked on my own. I worked 100% commission from the age of 19 on. I went to school for forensic psychology. I joined the Army National Guard, um, tried to do anything I could to make a living. I started in this career that I'm in currently, which is called the PEO industry. It's a very unique niche. It's very small. You can't jump from company to company. Um, and I have been doing that, making my living since I had my first son. And I feel, I felt when the company I'm with now told me that I had to get the shot or not work at all, that I was throwing 18 years of my life away, that I had worked so hard to get through. I had been through abuse. I had been through trauma. I had been through so many things in my life that I had built this life for myself. I had built it and I could survive and it didn't matter what had happened to me, I would survive. And so... When they told me that it was lose everything or take it, I took it. And um, I didn't, I looked at my husband, my current husband, and I said, what's the worst that could happen? It could kill me. And I went and sat down and took the shot. And then what happened? Um, within six hours, my legs felt like I was walking through cement. I... Uh, my entire body was tingling with like lightning and fire. My chest was pounding out of control um, up to like 200 beats per minute. I couldn't feel my entire body. It was just a ton of pain. Um, within 72 hours, that kind of went away. And so I thought to myself, I'm a hypochondriac. That's what I thought. You convinced yourself. I convinced myself I was crazy and that I just was scared for no reason. I, when I got the shot, Stu, it wasn't legal for me to get the shot. What do you mean? I got the shot in March of 2021. You had to be the age of 60 or 65 to get it. I walked into the Publix in Tampa, Florida, filled out my paper and got the shot with no problem, no paperwork, no doctor's notice, nothing. So wait, you had to be a certain age to get the shot at the time that you got it, but yeah. your employer was still telling you that if you didn't get it, so they- They, they couldn't you know, work. They unlawfully asked you to, to go and commit a crime or do something that was unauthorized. Correct. And so I called my doctor and asked for an exemption, and my doctor denied me even an appointment. He told me that they were taking no appointments for anybody, that they were recommending everybody get the shot. I got off the phone, and within an hour I had an email from my doctor's office stating that I needed it because it was immunocompromised. I did not take that paper to Publix. I pretended to never even read it. And they gave me the shot anyway. So, 
you sit down, you talk to your husband. Um, what's the worst that could happen? I could die. Yeah, we had that conversation because after the first um, bout of what happened, you know, the first 48 hours, we had the conversation and they said, my HR department said that I needed to continue and get the second shot. I put it off. I think at the time you had to get it within 21 days. Remember, they were saying that you had to get it within a certain number. In order days. to be considered fully vaccinated. Correct. Yeah. So I was the one that was saying, no, I don't want to. You know, I even, and I'm afraid to admit this, but I even thought, how can I fake it? Can I, can I write in on the card myself? Can I just make up a number? You know, but they terrified us saying that it would be in the doctor's offices and they'd be able to cross-reference it. And, and I'm not a liar. Like, I don't know even how to lie. You can catch it like that if I even tried. Um, so I just said to my husband, what's the worst that can happen? I could die. And I went and got the second one. I think it was on the 30-something day. So the first one was March 4th, 2021. The second one was May 24th. So quite a bit after. Um, and after the second one, I had no initial response. At least I thought I didn't. And 13 days after, I ended up having to call 911. I completely seized up. I couldn't feel my entire body. I thought I was having a stroke. Um, paramedics came into my home. They laughed, basically. They were laughing while they were taking care of me. I had tears rolling down my eyes. I couldn't speak. I could understand everything, but I couldn't speak. And uh, my German Shepherd was, you know, licking my face and everything. Obviously, something major was going on. They took me to a detox hospital, thinking I was on drugs. Fast forward four hospitals later, I was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre, pericarditis, gastroparesis, postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome, neuropathy, six brain lesions, memory loss. Um, now I have three leaky valves and left atrial enlargement in my heart. Had you had heart problems before? No. I, but prior, I had autoimmune and back injuries, and that's it. Which is why you should have been exempt from ever taking, even if it was a safe and effective vaccine, they warned against people that were compromised in any way from taking them. So that should have mm -hmm. provided you with a medical exemption, much less, much, less, much less a religious exemption. Or at least just more time. That's all I asked for. Can I have more time? Can I understand the vaccine? Can I can I learn about it? Can I read about it? But the answer was no. The answer You're not was allowed no. to. And when you tried to, if you asked a pharmacist for the insert, what happened? I did. Yeah, what happened? After my reaction, I went in a wheelchair back to the same pharmacy that gave me the shot in my wheelchair and asked to see the insert. I recorded the entire thing and they handed it to me and it was blank. And I asked them, why is it blank? I opened it up, they handed it to me closed and I opened it up right in front of them said, why is it blank? You told me I would have no reaction. How could you tell me I could have no reaction? The paper is blank. Why the fuck would you tell people I'm not gonna have a reaction? That's what I said. They threatened to throw me out of the Publix. What does all of this say to you right now? And I wanna get into more specifics about your personal situation, but when you say that, I'm picturing millions of people in your position well, I, I can't believe people aren't storming Publix right now or wherever, CVS, Walgreens. These, these people knew what they were doing. They knew that the inserts were blank. They knew they were not giving informed consent. They didn't know. They do now. They didn't. They shot you up with something they knew nothing about. Yeah, the pharmacist literally and told me I had no idea. And to kick you out when your life was destroyed by it. Yeah. So they knew then, and their response was to kick you out? Yeah. They brought the police into my hospital room. For what? Because I was filming myself. That's when I started telling my story because I thought I was going to die. Like I said, I, I didn't have anybody listening to me. My husband wasn't supporting me. My family wasn't talking to me. Everybody thought I was just making something up. Told me I had too much champagne the night before. So when all this happened, I just... I started filming myself because, like I said, I thought, what am I going to leave the world with? And one of the nurses saw me on Instagram or Facebook, wherever they saw me, and called the hospital supervisor at a large hospital, Advent Tampa in Carrollwood, big hospital, and they brought the police into my room. We're going to talk about what happened at the hospital. I want to know specifically what happened with the doctors and the nurses and how they treated you and if they admitted that this was a shot when we come back. More with Brittany Galvin next. Welcome back to the Stu Peter Show with Brittany Galvin. When you go to the hospital, when, when you have 
a heart attack or when you go to the hospital because you're obviously feeling ill to the extent that, hey, I got to go to the hospital. We go and we see doctors and we go and we see nurses because clearly something is extremely wrong and these are the heroes that are there to help us. How did they help you? How did they help me? Yeah. They didn't. I helped myself. What, what do you mean by that? Explain to me what happened. From the, the very first doctor or the hospitals, I mean, the very first doctor, Dr. Khan, um, that's his name. No, I'm sorry, Dr. Mugney um, is my rheumatologist. He's been my rheumatologist for years, and he's the one that wouldn't even take an appointment with me. After my reaction, I called him, and I made it a big stink to get him on the phone. He called me back from his cell phone, and he cried and told me he was going to tell the entire board what happened to me, apologized to me profusely. Uh, the hospital itself gaslit me, laughed at me, poked me, literally poked me. What do you mean by that, poked? Um, would poke my arms and say, what's in you? I have video of that. Uh, I have a nurse doing that to me. I'm pretty sure she's the one that called the police on me because I posted what she was doing to me. Um, I have doctors that billed my insurance that they, would, that they took care of me, yet they wouldn't even come into my room. They didn't ever put a stethoscope on me. They put on my file, one of the nurses told me they put on my file that I needed to be basically babysat, that I needed to be watched because I was saying that this was the vaccine. I kept saying this has to be the vaccine, there's no other way. They told me they were calling a cardiologist and a neurologist every hospital stay. It took four hospital stays to get one. Within an hour of getting a cardiologist, I was diagnosed with pericarditis. Within an hour, it took four hospital stays. The neurology team didn't come in until the last day of my fourth hospital stay. They told me, I asked them when he came in, I was very offended. I said, why did you take so long to get in here? I can't feel my legs. These people are treating me like I'm crazy. They're taking away my pain medication. I was in a significant amount of pain. If you know anything about Guillain-Barre and paralyzation, um, you know, I, I will never look at somebody who's paralyzed the same. Everybody thinks they can't feel anything. Reality is they just can't move. They can feel everything. It is a significant amount of pain. You feel like you are burning up from the inside and nothing fixes it. And so I was begging for pain medication and they kept taking it away from me, telling me that I was mental. They asked my husband if we were having marriage issues and if I was depressed, if I needed to be in a mental hospital. So that when the neurologist came in on that last day and I said, where have you been? He said, they didn't call me until today. Four hospital stays, what, six, seven days in on the fourth one and they didn't call him until that day. They diagnosed me with Guillain-Barre immediately. This is at Advent in Carrollwood, Tampa, Florida. Who are these doctors that did this to you? There are two Dr. Khans. One is the neurologist who was my hero. He saved my life, I think. Um, the other Dr. Khan is the, they're spelled the same, K-A-H-N, is one of the, um, what do they call them, attending doctors. He was very attentive. Dr. Ma is another doctor who put on record, you know, that I was just a problem child, basically wouldn't treat me. I, I begged for different tests. I asked her to run more blood tests on me to find something out. Um, she also lied. When they did my spinal tap, I ended up with a blood um, a CSF leak, which requires a blood patch. So basically when they do a spinal tap, there's a risk that there will be a leak in your spinal ca canal. Don't mark my words. I don't know the medical term, but mm -hmm. it's where it leaks. So where they put the needle in, it comes out, it leaks. It's extremely painful as well. You can't even lift your head up beyond like half an inch. You have to lay flat on the ground. You need a blood patch. It's where they take your blood and they patch it back into the spot where they took it out. Well, several days had gone by, more than 72 hours. I'm laying in the hospital and she refused to give me the blood patch. She lit the, literally let me sit there in extreme pain. She's a doctor. She knows what a CSF leak does to you. You can Google it and see what it does to you. Anybody who's experienced will tell you they'd rather die than feel that pain. And she let me lay there day after day after day. And she put on record and told my nurse that because it had been more than 72 hours that I could not get the blood patch. I had to call my spinal doctor who had no affiliation with the hospital and tell him what was happening. He then called somebody up in the hospital. He doesn't work there. He has no affiliation. He doesn't do surgery there. And because of his threats and his phone call, I got the blood patch approved and I was in a blood patch within hours. The rule as not if it's been past 72 hours. The rule is you want to wait 72 hours because you want to know if it's a legitimate spinal leak or if it's just a headache. What so would have happened to you had the blood patch not? I don't know. I, at the time, I 
hadn't been diagnosed yet with anything. So I was laying there completely undiagnosed, completely unmedicated, no treatment, extreme pain. I probably would have went into shock. These doctors, Khan and Ma, are they still working there? Do you know? I don't know. I went and got my hospital records after I was released because I was so afraid that Did they would. Did you have any problems or resistance to getting your records? Um, no, because I went the day after I was released. So I don't think they had time. But I did have trouble with them reporting to VAERS. I had to threaten legal action. Had you heard of VAERS before all of this? Mm -mm. This is the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. How many millions of people have entered right. uh, you know, adverse events from this shot? And so your story is replicated how many times? I mean, this is the way that people have systematically been treated. You said that your husband wasn't supportive. Mm -hmm. Can you go into that a little bit? I mean, how has this personally affected you and your family and your marriage? Are you still married? I am, yeah. My husband now knows and understands the, the situation and the reality and the severity of the situation. But at first, it's an invisible disease. You know, it was Guillain-Barre. It looked very visible to me. I mean, when we yeah. first came, I mean, you couldn't even get into a bed. I mean, I, the videos that you were showing of your tremors and your inability to control your own body and your weakness in your legs, and I mean... It looked very visible. I think that it's hard for people to understand how a shot could do that to you. I think at first, initially, it was everybody's getting it. Millions of people got it, is what I kept getting told. You know, people are getting it. Nobody else is saying this. You know, maybe it's got something to do with you. Like I said, you drank too much champagne last night. Or, you know, they kept reverting back to my mental status. Maybe I was just so upset. My husband wasn't supportive. Um, my family wasn't supportive. I was told to be quiet. I was told to take things off of social media. I was told I was an embarrassment. Um, it was really bad. I went through this alone. Many of, much of my hospital stays were alone. I thought I was dying. Alone. Your mom? My mom lives in Utah, and she had the same thoughts. She called me one time when I was in the hospital to tell me that she agreed with my brother. They're all changed now. They all have apologized and are very supportive now. It's kind of hard to disagree with Tess. I'm trying to wrap my head around all of this because, again, just the idea that this has been replicated so many times and multiplied so many times, millions of people are losing their marriages and losing their jobs and getting kicked out of the military and you know lives are being snatched away from them or they're dying suddenly. Um, your husband is now supportive, your family is now supportive. It's, it says a lot about you as a person that you're, that you're still married and that you still talk to your family because you were going literally through hell on earth and these people walked away from you. What was that process like to forgive them for the way that they treated you? I don't know that I fully have. I don't know that I fully have or ever will. I will always have that piece of me that uh, feels like I was all alone. You know, that saying in a crowded room, screaming, and nobody can hear me, I feel like that there will always be that piece of me. It just, it's hard to understand how people who know you and love you, uh, no matter what you've been through in life, you go through something like this. I mean, me talking about this vaccine ruined my life, financially, emotionally, physically, legally. There are things going on in my life legally that I, me just telling my story has completely ruined a legal case I have going on. And I knew it was doing it. And so it's, it's hard for me to understand how people could chastise me for just asking for help. You, you have to understand when I first started talking, I wasn't doing it to raise awareness. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest about that. I was doing it because I was afraid. I didn't know who to turn to and I was begging for help. So for me, it's more than just them not believing me. It's that nobody was willing to help me. And so I don't think that I'll ever get over a little piece of that. Yeah, that's the human side of us. It's forgiveness is like the, the yeah. hardest thing. I pray a lot. Yeah. Doing away with anger. Mm -hmm. uh, I say it on my show all the time. I argue with Jesus about my anger a lot. I do too. 
and I say forgive them anyway. The people that did this to you is who I want to talk about next because there uh, have been people that have been named. We have talked about amnesty. This has been a conversation. This is, this is in legitimate nationwide, national publications promoting and encouraging that we forgive and forget and move on. They want amnesty for all of these things. Why do they need amnesty if they did nothing wrong? If this was all in the name of protecting you and the betterment of our society and healthy people and keeping people safe, why would they need amnesty? I'd like to hear your take on that when we come back more with Brittany Galvin next. Welcome back to the Stu Peter Show with Brittany Galvin um, here in person. I love these situations because it's, uh, it's just different than being virtually connected and trying to adhere to timelines. And so I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. Honestly, you'll always have a special place in my heart because really early on with this show, we kind of realized after George Floyd uh, and the, the, the nation just in complete chaos as $12 billion in damage was being swept across our country, we, rioters and criminals and looters, as long as they were black, they were doing it with impunity. Uh, and, you know, we just started complaining about it on the internet and then like telling the truth about something, which I didn't think was some anomaly or weird phenomena, but apparently in the media it is. It's very weird uh, and unacceptable to say the unfettered, unbridled, cold, hard truth. As relating to this shot and the series thereof, the truth is people are dying suddenly in droves. Professional athletes are collapsing on the field of play in record-smashing numbers. This shot, one shot, after just a year and a half of being out, caused three times as many adverse events as every other previous vaccine combined. Canadian doctors, we've done stories on nearly a hundred or more than a hundred of them that have just dropped dead. Healthy people, doctors who probably are pretty at least somewhat in tune with maintaining a healthy lifestyle. But if you talk about this, you're the bad guy. And now that the truth is quietly being said out loud, even murderous publications like the New York Times and the Rolling Stone, people who should be at the Washington Trials 1.0 when we're executing those found guilty for these crimes, the media ought to be some of the first people there. The BBC, I told them right to their face, yes, you, of course if you are found guilty of these crimes, should be killed. You should be held to extreme accountability. Amnesty was a word that came up about a year ago. COVID amnesty. What does that even mean? Because if you were doing the right thing, and if you were promoting that people take care of themselves and that they protect themselves or protect others, that they keep themselves safe, that they stop or slow the spread or that they flatten the curve or that they don't kill their grandma and that they make sure that their child is safe. If that's really what the intent was, then amnesty from what? Why would you even be asking about amnesty? What do you need forgiveness or amnesty for? What do you say to that? I don't think they really want amnesty. I think that they want people to forget. And when you ask for forgiveness and you use God and praying and forgiveness and words like that, people have a soft heart. They show their, their empath side typically comes out. And I think that they want people to forget so that they can do it again. They didn't get enough this time. People woke up too soon. They got a lot, but they didn't get enough because they're doing it again now. So they want amnesty because it's the soft side. So they quit say... fighting it because this is the soft side. Fighting it got them nowhere. Didn't your grandmother ever tell you get more with sugar than salt? They figured that out. Catch more bees with honey than vinegar, I think is what Grandma Becky used to say. Yeah. You, did, you said they didn't get enough. That, they didn't that, kill enough people. So that tells me that you're suggesting that this was done with intent on purpose and that the goal here is to kill people. I do believe that. What makes you say that? I mean, that, I believe the same thing, but what makes you say that? Because even they are admitting what it's doing and any other shot, food, allergy. I mean, you could buy a bad apple at the store, and if it makes the kid sick and kills them, they're going to recall all the apples. They're not recalling anything. In fact, they're pushing it again. So how can you do that? And they're just doing it so blatantly. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. You can't even get through it. 
If the seatbelt doesn't work in a series of Chevy Tahoes that comes off of the line, you recall Correct. the vehicle and you take it in for free maintenance. You're right. You're right about that. And if, still to this day, my case, just so you know, is not counted in VAERS. I have fought and recorded every VAERS conversation. It's been over 14 times that I've called VAERS. How many do you know adverse events have been reported to VAERS for the shot that you took? I don't know. I quit looking. I have severe PTSD. Over a million. Oh, well over. I think it's over 2.1 million. Okay. And so Last time I looked. If your adverse event, if your life destruction isn't being recorded in the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System, how many others are unreported? Well, it's in there. You can look up my VAERS report ID number but it's not counted in the CDC. So the way that the VAERS system works, it was obviously founded by the CDC. It's what they use right. to report these things. It's what they've always used. So how it works, how it was explained to me is that they've got about 50 people in their intake department. And these 50 people are working from home due to COVID spread all over the US. And when somebody's report comes in, it's their job to look through the documents and to see if there's anything missing. They put a little pretty red bow on it, moves over to the nursing department nursing department then verifies it, calls the hospital, calls whatever is in there. So I went to four hospitals, so their job was to make sure every hospital sent them the records. Once that's done, they will put their pretty little red bow on it and they send it to the CDC, which is then when it's investigated, verified, and counted. Until then, it does not count. So millions is the answer. Mil millions. Millions and millions and millions. Unreported. Mm -hmm. And nobody will ever know. Correct, because people give up. And they're dealing with this, mm -hmm. the loss of their marriage, the abandonment of their family, unable to provide for their children, can't work, lose everything, economically, financially, spiritually. This is a super strong test of your faith. Yeah, I consider myself a pretty strong person. I, I feel blessed that I have that in me. The majority of the people don't. You know, I have, I have been able to get through this, although my medical situation has not gotten any better. In fact, an hour before your show, I just found out that my last blood test in March showed every single, there were over 20 tests, every single test showed extremely high from cardiac condition as I'm having chest pain on the way here. My, my physical condition has not gotten any better, but my mental condition, you know, it's, it's a struggle, but I'm stronger than the average person. So I look at it as the, the reason I do what I do and I talk about it and I tell my story and come on shows like this is because I want people to know that they're not alone. They don't have to suffer in this alone. They don't have to be as strong as me. Like we can get them there, we can get them through it. But the average person can't handle that. We talked a moment ago about amnesty and we only have a few minutes left here, but I think that we need to get to probably the most important part of the, di the, 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 the dialogue, the conversation, the uncomfortable, reality that needs to be you know confronted in our country which is holding the people accountable who have done this i'm a big advocate for that because we can tell stories millions of them every day if we don't take it to these people and eliminate the threat of future genocidal level events like this they're going to continue to do it that's my belief is it yours do you yes, believe that i do died suddenly, it was about depopulation. I think that that's still, nobody's disproven that. That's what the intent is. Mm -hmm. And so, unless these people are held to account in an extreme way, why would they change their methods? Of course, they haven't been defeated yet. We have to defeat them. We have to take the fight to them and go on offense. What does that look like to you? Impossible if more people don't stand up. That's how I feel if more people don't start standing up. And the only way to win this is for us to come together. We're not robots, we're humans. You know, we weren't like little placeholders placed on this earth just told to robot around. But that's how they view us. Though. That's how they view us, yeah. but that's not what we are. Useless eaters. And we have the ability to stand up and stand together. But for each person that doesn't, it's going to be harder. Yeah. I think on a, a sheer numbers basis, I would agree with that, that it's a David versus Goliath. But what did David say? Everybody told him it's not possible. He said, hand me a stone. Mm 
Right. 3% of the population responded in 1775, leading into 1776, and liberated a country when all odds were against them. They were outnumbered, they were outgunned, but they had heart and they had faith and they believed in themselves, which is why people like yourself joined the Army National Guard. Because you know that we need a force like that that's going to stand for something. When that happens, and inevitably these people are held to account, what do you think their punishment should be? Death. 100% death. Why it's, do you say that? Because they've murdered a lot of people. It's murder. It's not accidental. Even if it, let's just, let's just pretend that it was accidental. They know now that it kills people. So now they are murdering if that's what their story was. They want amnesty. There's a new shot. Right. There's a new shot. There's they a know, new variant. They know what they're doing to six-month-old babies. They know what they're doing to women. Like, they know what they're doing to everybody. There is no, no, um, I don't know what I'm trying, what word I'm trying to say. There is no punishment that you could give somebody like that. Give, putting them in jail wouldn't be fair. You're giving them a free meal and a free bed. These are people with the FDA, the CDC, the media, the scientists, the, the uh, Tony Fauci types, the NIH. Uh, we're talking, I mean, really about a lot of people. It's going to be a long line of people that have to be held to account. And I think that until we actually start doing that, that the apathy and complacency that you're referencing that has led to all of this, where people, I don't want to get involved, or I don't want to tell my story, or I'm too scared of being canceled or losing my job, the fear that is instilled with these operations that are running are the reasons why you got the shot. Your employer was able to say to you, everything that you've ever worked for will be gone if you don't give up your liberty and your freedom and your autonomy of your own body. If you don't risk everything, you'll lose everything. Right. So with the few minutes that we have left here, I just want to know, with this inevitably coming back again, People are going to obviously buy into the, the tactics that are being run by the Fox News Channel, by CNN and all the major broadcast networks, cable news networks. The tickers are going to start again. People are dying. The variant is deadly. Kids are now, as we know, kids were not impacted by the first weapon of biowarfare that they called a virus and said it was COVID-19. They were not. This time I predict that it will affect kids because that really will scare the shit out of people. Anybody will do anything to protect their kids, include physically fighting to get them to the front of the line to take an injection they know nothing about. Even though knowing the last one killed more people than any shot ever, this is euthanasia on a grand scale. This is an extinction level event for an entire generation. Mm -hmm. What do you want to tell these people that are considering this as this new variant is being forced upon us. What good are you if you're dead anyway? Because that's what will happen. There's no, I, I, there's nothing in the world that would make me go through this again or see my family go through it. I would rather live in a tent in the woods with no water or food and kill myself slowly than kill myself the way I'm dying right now. So if you want to feel that, go for it. But you're murdering yourself and everybody else around you. Do you think that the country is starting to get more and more ready for extreme accountability? I think they're trying. I think people are getting there slowly. Well, my commitment to you and to everybody else, everybody in this room, is that I won't take my last breath until we realize it. We're going to see extreme accountability. We are going to exact extreme accountability very soon. I sure hope so. I promise. I won't die until that happens. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, I know that it's not easy for you to even like get out of bed a lot of days. Mm -hmm. I know it's not easy for you to deal with social media every day and the, the comments that I see are so vile. It's like, it's like a demonic manifestation right in front of your eyes when I look at the things that people say to you. And the fact that you keep going is really inspirational to me and it tells me that everything that we do here and the sacrifices we make and the risks that we take every day are 
are totally warranted and it gives me the um the fire to keep to keep going if it weren't for you i wouldn't be going i probably would have died in that hospital you oh. gave me a voice and made me feel like i had enough strength to speak out and that somebody listened the pressure that we put on those people is uh, minuscule in comparison to what they're about to feel. So, I can't wait for that. <laughs> let's go. Brittany Galvin, thank you so thank much. You so I really much. appreciate it. We're seeing unprecedented criminal tax hikes, hyperinflation, a full-blown recession, and it's all part of the grand plan. The billions of dollars that Biden keeps sending to that corrupt, fake Ukraine. The trillions in new taxes that he wants to shove down your throat. The electronic banking system crash, resetting everybody to zero. Checking accounts, savings accounts, 401ks, IRAs, all of it, zero. But you don't have to be a victim. Protect your money and get up to $10,000 in free silver to do it when you call my friends at GoldCo. GoldCo has helped to protect over $2 billion in gold and silver for people like you and me. And now they're offering you up to $10,000 in bonus silver when opening a qualified IRA account just for being a supporter of The Stu Peters Show. So whether you want to protect your 50 grand or a half a million or even more, this is your opportunity to protect yourself from our out-of-control, corrupt corporate crime syndicate. Don't be a victim. Call GoldCo, 855-706-GOLD. Again, 855-706-GOLD. Or go to goldco.com slash stew. It's everywhere. Mainstream media is howling about the new COVID variants. They are offering free vaccines and boosters, but people are waking up to their BS and not falling for their lies any longer. God gave us a brain to think and an immune system to fight off evil forces and the devilish diseases that have been unleashed on humanity. We don't want to die suddenly. We want to live fully. We don't want to alter genetics. We want to strengthen the body we have already been blessed with. Try our immune protocol today. It has 15 flu-fighting ingredients, including vitamin C, D, zinc, corsetin, magnesium, elderberry, turmeric, and more. You don't need blood clots. You don't need cardiac arrest. You don't need big pharma. You need an immune system that will stand up to tyranny. You need our immune protocol. Visit pandemicprotocol.com to fight through this flu season and beat the next bioweapon variant with an all-natural, non-GMO solution. Go to pandemicprotocol.com today. If you're over 35, your enzyme levels have already begun to decline. Why should you care about that? What are enzymes? Enzymes are the workhorse of digestion. They break your food down into usable macro and micronutrients. Now, research shows that by the time someone hits 65, their saliva and pancreatic secretions, both of which are involved in enzyme activity, could have declined by as much as 50%. That's catastrophic. I mean, this decline creates chronic indigestion, and that sets the stage for gut issues and yeast and mold overgrowth, even malnutrition. Masszymes is the most complete, most potent digestive enzyme I have ever seen or experienced. That's why we have them here on the program. Masszymes not only contains more protease, it contains 13 additional enzymes, including lipase for fat digestion, which work at every pH level from 2 to 12. In other words, at every stage of digestion. And now you can try it risk-free. Their 365 full money-back guarantee is the gold standard in the industry. If you don't feel how Masszymes help you upgrade your digestion and power through your food, their support team will give you a no-questions-asked refund. Go to bioptimizers.com slash stew. Again, bioptimizers.com slash stew for 10% off. Use promo code Peters 10 at checkout. Bioptimizers.com slash stew.